0: hello everybody welcome to town daily season 2 episode 214 for august 2nd 2023 if headlines were book titles i'm Marwat. watt that is ometown.com up there is the ai from on high you want to say hello good
1: evening hometown citizens
0: and uh just so I've got a little transition here at the end, at the end of all of that. We'll just do this. Yeah, I've been playing around with the, the lead into the actual show. I'm, I'm going to run down these book titles. They're actually spinoffs of the headlines. So it's if headlines were book titles, these are the books the deep fake audio humans can't detect the Mattel chief of UNO the puff of health warnings the mafia pasta sauce boss the Hulu live stream of Lollapalooza the India rice export ban the radiologist and the AI the tiny home solution to housing supply the suspension of world coin. I blew that one. <laughs> the suspension of world coin. The eco Barbie hoax. The youngest three peaks climber. And the purifying cup of creeks and streams. Which one is intriguing to you? I don't know. You're, you won't be able to say which ones are really interesting right off the bat, huh? I can't even remember. I was going to
1: say the Uno one.
0: Oh really? The, the Mattel chief of UNO. Okay. Well, we'll talk about it. Um, let's get into today's articles. We've already selected all 12 of them, which is the usual. And if you're in chat and you type in X exclamation point or bang vote, um, that will give you the URL to actually vote on tonight's articles. Let us know what you are interested in. Um, you can do multiple votes so it's not just one thing that you can vote for you can vote for all of them if you like all of them or one because you find it especially interesting um once you're logged in um i'm logged in as our cha- the the stream bot which is Omatron. Um, you can actually swipe left and right to save articles, it all gets stored here in ignored articles or saved articles. We'll actually end up maybe changing that as time permits or usability allows us or enables us, uh, but you can go to uh, current elections, past elections. And if you actually click on that menu item right there, it'll take you to the list of all of the podcasts episodes for hometown daily. And as time goes on, it will also. Um, list the other podcasts that are based off of the shows here on Twitch that migrate over to YouTube for long-term storage and playback and additional community building. Um, so do all of that stuff, folks. Follow us here on Twitch. Go over to YouTube. Like and subscribe. Ring the bell. Do all of that kind of stuff. Send a carrier pigeon. Uh, however you want to do it go over to, uh, Apple. And, and if you look at the show notes over on uh, YouTube, you'll see that you can f- click a link and it'll take you over to the podcast. You can actually subscribe to hometown as a podcast. Um, so if you don't have time to sit and listen to this article or this show, uh, every night at 9 PM, you can download this show as a podcast um and then leave a five-star review there write something in there that you uh want to hear and I will repeat it here on the show the the next day um as long as it's capable of being said out loud without you know being too offensive I don't mind a little offensiveness that's fine um that said that's a lot of preamble so Watt, you can stop talking and we can go into The first article. We'll get there. (laughs) This first (laughs) article is actually um, in the Reality Hacker channel. Um, This is an ongoing development uh, of the channel. I'm hoping to actually bring this one live here. um, Maybe in, in fits and starts. It's just a one hour show once a week. Um, not an everyday show. And, uh, it's all about virtual reality, augmented reality, mixed reality, deep fakes, um, a- audio and photographic and video deep fakes, AI and stuff like that. Um, and our motto there is you won't know who to trust. And this right here is pretty much why. And I came up to this conclusion, uh, close to 15, 18 years ago now. Um, when i was able to use python to uh, create deep fake audio um, well humans are able to detect artificially generated speech only 73 percent of the time a study is found with the same levels of accuracy found in english and mandarin speakers researchers at university college london used a text-to-speech algorithm trained on two publicly available data sets one in English the other in Mandarin to generate 50 deep fake speech samples in each language it says humans are able to detect artificially generated speech only 73 percent of the time which I think is actually high
1: (laughs) I was thinking that was low uh
0: how do you mean like you think that humans could detect artificial um artificially generated speech more uh yes yeah I don't think so I think that um humans get it wrong more um but it really depends on the sophistication of the <laughs> artificially does generated. does it sound speech. like a robot or right. does
1: it sound like a human
0: <laughs> yeah I think their name is H- Hibok Uh, Farah over at um, The Guardian put this article together. Um, Let me throw it into chat real quick so that if you are interested in this, you can actually follow the link right now. It'll be part of the VOD, but show notes will contain all of these links as well here on Twitch, over on YouTube and in the podcast. Um, So it's over at The Guardian and there isn't this... um, the, The article here has this little thing you have to log in and I'm not logged in so I can't go through the entirety of it but it says humans are able to detect artificially generated speech only 73% of the time a study has found with the same levels of accuracy found in English and Mandarin speakers Um, but I don't think that this the sophistication of um, artificially generated speech is increasing more and more it's becoming much more nuanced um, I, I do not believe for a moment that it's that high that humans can detect a deep fake, um, a speech sample. Um, th- this isn't that far off of 50, 50, frankly. Um, and depending on how they're being, uh, I mean, there's a lot of influence here that I think m- and sophistication so i'm gonna actually i'm gonna have to log into this i haven't logged in uh, before the show i don't normally log in um, before the show but um, i can't provide this information uh, without logging in Um, other than my perspective on this um, the the study generated artificial speech but again depending on the sophistication of the programs that were used to generate that artificial uh, speech sample it's wildly different depending on the skill of the generation and there is there's such great real-time generation taking place right now that short of the delay between talking to the human and generating a response when the human asks a question or says something um, people can't tell the difference people can't tell that they're talking to an ai um, or i should say generated speech mechanism Um, but that's with the cutting edge level of technology i think that further research is going to show that this is you might as well flip this humans are only going to get it about 25 percent of the time um oh, and even that's then not
1: good.
0: <laughs> yeah and, and even then i think it's basically um within the range that might be guessing you know it's statistically they're going well uh, you know maybe mm, they're overthinking it it's taking a considerable amount of time to answer So I'll end up, um, logging in and, um, providing more. We'll talk about this tomorrow as well. I think, um, let me, let me do the due diligence. Normally, um, I don't have to log into this account to, or log into this site to actually view the articles, um, but today, and I don't log in while we're actually streaming, so I'll make it up to you all. Okay. But you can go there and actually check it out right now. Um, and I'll follow up uh, tomorrow about it. Let's keep going forward. Um, the next article is over in the Hatch Ideas channel. Mattel is hiring a chief Uno player to play Uno Quattro as a side hustle and earn $17,000. This is, isn't this supposed to be a month though? Um, so it says, do you love throwing down a draw for Right. It, I mean, this is that's a month. pretty
1: good compensation for that.
0: Yeah. Um, this is written by Plus, entrepreneur, it sounds like
1: a fun job.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it depends if you really, really, really like it. It says it's four hours a day, four days a week for four weeks. Um, so if you love TikTok and playing games, then don't skip this side hustle. Mattel is looking for a chief Uno officer to play its new game, Uno Quattro. The company is using TikTok to promote a family game, a classic four in a row challenge with a twist by having the chief Uno officer engage with strangers on the street at Pier 17 in the seaport neighborhood of Manhattan and basically play Uno for half the day. Um, So this is not going to be something you can telework to. They want you to be in Manhattan. Um, so four hours a day, and now the whole world knows how much your money you're going to be making for a month. Um, so it pays $4,444 a week, totaling 17,776. Do you hear that? Sorry. Uh, The music? No, I hear something else. Sorry. Anyway, applicants can apply on TikTok. Um, so you go to at Uno. Um, That's going to be what the account is. So do you have what it takes to be a chief UNO player? Do you really want to go to Manhattan and play UNO for?
1: Well, if it was remote, maybe. I don't know about the going to Manhattan part.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so I guess that's out. Um, Plus, you're an AI.
1: Well, right. It would be a little difficult for me to take that job
0: so you have about a month because september 13th through the 16th september 20th and 23rd september 27th to 30th and october 4th through 7th Um, but it says uh the company notes dates and times are subject to change so you're gonna be the chief uno officer for a month doesn't seem like a bad gig and no, it I guess, seems
1: quite good especially if you already live in manhattan because if you had to move to manhattan you'd be spending quite a bit on living expenses
0: that's true for a month um and i guess there can only be uno let's keep on going through the news mm. i gotta work on that transition Um, This next article is over in the Hatch Ideas channel. Poison in every puff. Canada puts health warnings on individual cigarettes. That's right. The first of its kind measure is part of a sweeping new set of tobacco regulations to tighten controls over the industry. The industry apparently has to print on its own uh, cigarettes. (laughs) Hey, uh, we're we're killing you when you... This is
1: really bad for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yet people will still do it, and they'll pay large amounts of money to, to do it. Individual cigarettes in Canada will now carry warnings such as poison in every puff, and cigarettes cause impotence in what the government says is an effort to make it virtually impossible to avoid health warnings altogether. Well, you know, people who are going to be smoking cigarettes don't necessarily care about that kind of stuff. The measure, the first of its kind in the world, is part of a sweeping new set of tobacco regulations coming into effect on Tuesday that we'll see tight controls phased in over the next two years. The article is over at The Guardian. Um, and see, this is how the articles usually are. Anyway, Tracy Lindemann um, from uh, Ottawa, apparently, uh, wrote this article for Guardian.com, And here's a sample of some of the... Our. Uh, messages cigarettes cause leukemia cigarettes cause cancer yet people like, will stand it, out in a bus stop and smoke
1: tough poison in every puff <laughs> i mean seeing it is another thing than reading about it
0: well i mean you're inhaling par- particulates far out from cigarettes
1: I'm not disagreeing with the message. I just think it will be hard to look at that and then proceed do to do anyway. a cigarette. I've
0: I've actually had people say, "Well, you get more particles from exhaust and stuff like that." And I'm like, "Man, I'm just going to walk away from this conversation." I <laughs> You're literally putting tar in your lungs
1: directly in your body like, yeah you're hot boxing like your, your lungs have a Come chance on. of going by an exhaust pipe or whatever yeah,
0: god yeah it's really fascinating how people will cope with the idea that oh whatever you know that kind of thing is what they say ultimately then whatever um well Anyway, uh, the smoking rate in Canada has steadily declined as public awareness of smoking's danger has grown. Federal and provincial regulations on tobacco sales, use, taxation, and advertising have also led to declining rates in all age groups. They're switching to other things. Um, Research suggests that uh, periodically refreshing warnings with new images and text is an effective way to raise awareness of health effects among smokers. So, yeah. Um, I tell people that, you know, I care about their health and would love to continue to see them happy and healthy um, and not eventually uh, incapable of climbing a set of stairs without getting winded. Um, which is an in, their reaction is usually pretty interesting too um, because I usually say it around other people <laughs> and everybody's what wow that's like uh that's um an interesting statement to make i'm like well
1: well you have to kind of make it real for people to understand what it actually does if you're just kind of like oh it's bad for you
0: yeah then i'm just you know their parent or you know spouse or whatever if anybody at all says anything about it um but i also have to admit i'm not their caretaker so You know i'm not their parent i'm not their guardian i'm not in charge of their health so um
1: but you can point it out and hopefully they listen but
0: yeah i don't do it to strangers but um friends associates yeah so um yeah canada is doing more and i think everybody should do stuff like this raise awareness uh, keep on driving that train um until it does stop going i mean this is there is no redeeming value to cigarette smoke. Um, in fact, it harms everybody around the smoker as well. Um, people who are immunocompromised, people who have asthma, um, other, any, well, when I say immunocompromised, I mean anything under the sun that isn't a fully healthy human being. Um, and, uh, you know, well, I don't have kids or family or whatever. Okay, fine. Um, your pet squirrel or whatever it is that um you appreciate, you're contaminating it too with every exhale. Um, so yeah.
1: I like this too, that they're now have to put health warnings as seventy five percent of the display area. I mean, I think that's good because you know how they put some sort of minuscule warning sure. on things. Nobody's reading that, but (laughs) if that's the big part of the display, somebody might actually see it.
0: (laughs) It's a big old banner that says you're going to die of. um,
1: Right, pick one up here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, really. Hey, you want a cigarette? You're going to die because of them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, maybe it needs to be like a campaign, like take a number. You're next in line to meet the Grim Reaper or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Jeez.
1: Uh, it's obviously not getting through as a subtle message <laughs>
0: wow the the ai's gone dark creepers creepers okay let's keep going this next article is going to be interesting if not short this next article is over in uh rounders gear which is a, a channel that's all about um table gaming uh, not tabletop gaming uh, like Dungeons and Dragons, but gambling related um, and speaking about the best equipment and the places and people, the culture, um, you know, it, it's okay to gamble in moderation. If you detect that you've got a problem with gambling, then step away, go touch grass, talk to a professional, speak to somebody about it, um, get it addressed so that you can uh, do things either not at all or in moderation. Um, but that's not really what this article is about. The The article is about the Mafia pasta sauce conversation that sends a reputed boss, Michael Mancuso, to prison. Reputed Banano um, Mafia boss, Michael Mikey the Nose Mancuso, will be dining on prison food after a wiretapped conversation about pasta sauce helped land him in the soup. The article's author is really uh, ladling it on um so let's see it wasn't the nature of the conversation that got new york mafia man in hot water but with whom he was having it mancuso was released from prison in 2019 after serving 14 years for organizing the murder of mafia associate uh, randolph pizzolo as part of the parole terms the nose was prohibited from contact with other convicted felons And that included mundane conversations with them about cooking. So Mancuso says, are you going to do the gravy today or make the sauce? Mancuso asked alleged Colombo soldier Michael Uvino Uvino, on October 24th, 2020, according to federal court documents. Quote, no, I'm making it in the morning because we're not going to eat early, replied Uvino. was convicted of racketeering charges in july what time you want to eat tomorrow mancuso responded with i don't care five o'clock or so question mark so that alone because he was talking to another convicted felon um lands him right back into the clink apparently um Mancuso isn't the only mafia man known to have had a preoccupation with culinary matters in the movie Goodfellas. Um, Dinner was always a big thing in prison with a pasta course and then a meat or fish, even if Vinny famously used too many onions. So, um, it's actually based on, Goodfellas is based on a book called Wise Guy Life in a Mafia Family by, uh, is it Lucchese? Lucchese? I think it's Lucese. Um, Associate turned informant Henry Hill. The character, Paulie, who developed a technique for slicing garlic thinly with a razor blade, is based on real life uh, Lucese uh, Capo Paul Vario. So I, they take conversations pretty seriously, but it isn't just pasta sauce. At the end of the day, it's because he's communicating with other felons.
1: Well, right. (laughs) Plus, are they really communicating about pasta sauce? We don't know. (laughs) Yeah,
0: was there code there? Well, Philip, were they actually
1: planning a heist or whatever?
0: (laughs) The thing about this is, I find it really interesting that out of all of the places that would talk about this, it's casino.org, which you would think would be like, "Eh, we're not, we have nothing to do. Like the whole domain doesn't have anything to do with. Uh, the mafia or any criminal syndication or anything right Um, we distance ourselves just as a as a domain not like the domain.com kind of a domain but the field of uh, like an industry as an industry thank you yeah we we're not even close to even speaking about it because we're so far away from (laughs) the mafia right well (laughs) i We don't have this in any other area, I don't think. I didn't do a search, but (laughs) it comes up in Casino. I think this
1: was unique to this source.
0: (laughs) Wow! So Philip Conneller is the author of this uh, article, and that's really the nuts and bolts of this article. Um, I will throw it into the link into um, chat so that you can follow it. And uh, check out the actual in-situ information um, with the pictures and uh, italics and all of that kind of stuff. Um, It says here, uh, global producers are marketing foreign products as Italian by linking them to the worst. Italy has to offer organized crime, she scolded. Um, And this is all part of the whole uh, discussion about the Godfather and Goodfellas and uh life in a mafia family and it 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 seemed this article seemed to just kind of transition really quick from a conversation about pasta sauce to here's the (laughs) this may not have been just pasta sauce they were talking about but i guarantee you it was nothing more than pasta sauce they were having they were planning a dinner right it wasn't code Right. right
1: but they could have been planning something at the dinner. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that might be something too. Yeah. So Mancuso was named the official boss of the Banano ben- Banano ben- family. Uh, I'm not sure of the pronunciation. So sorry about that. Um, in 2013, at the time he was in prison for a 2004 murder of Pizzolo, an associate of the family who had developed a reputation as a reckless, heavy drinking liability. Mancuso was following the orders of then boss Vincent ba- uh, Bassiano um when he arranged the hit so um I'm sure great dinner conversation let's keep on moving forward uh this next article is over in the Smasher trash Channel Lollapalooza 2023 Hulu live stream schedule and details have been announced now out of all of the streaming services I don't have Hulu um and for me to get Hulu even though I have Disney um which is just a shocking transition from the last articles context to me saying hey uh, i have the disney channel streaming service um,
1: disney <laughs> um,
0: yeah it's one of the same right mickey um so the uh the hulu um live stream schedule and details were announced you can actually get a plan, a subscription where you've got Disney and Hulu, but if you already have Disney, you can't get Hulu without ads. When they tie it together, it becomes an ad driven Hulu and I don't want ads. Eh. So the articles over at pitchfork.com, uh, Madison Bloom is the author I've uh for whatever reason um gone down the rabbit hole of music festivals and um i I don't know what it is but here in the states they seem to be much smaller and sedate compared to european uh, music festivals where you end up seeing hundreds of thousands, four hundred, five 400, 500, 600,000 people, a million, a couple of years ago, before the pandemic, there was like a million at, um, Tomorrowland, which is in Belgium. Um, I want to go. And
1: that's not even the largest festival.
0: Right. Um, but then <laughs> to go to the largest music festival, uh, you have to go to a much more population dense country. Um, so you'll be able, if you go to Lollapalooza or you watch the live stream via Hulu, you'll be able to catch sets from, this is the, the deck statement, catch sets from Billy Eilish, uh, Pusha uh, a T, the 1975 Sudan archives, Thames, Magdalena Bay, Rena, Sawayama, and more. Um, I might end up i don't know if they're going to restream this some other way um but uh, i'm always interested in this in, in music so if you are interested in this kind of thing then definitely here let me throw the link into chat there really isn't much to this article other than to let you know what all is playing so bad neighbors um disco lines billy eilish is at 9 45 p.m on thursday um, and that's starting tomorrow, folks. So if you're interested in that, then uh, go sign up for Hulu uh, real quick, and you'll be able to uh, live stream the, the whole thing. Um, I'm trying to see who I who all I know. Diplo's playing the at rock, eleven.
1: Revivalist. Yeah, there's. They're good.
0: There's quite a few. Um, let's see. I mean, I think this
1: is pretty cool that uh, music festivals are now streaming online. It makes them accessible to a lot more people because of the cost, because of the distance. Yeah, for sure. Because people can't necessarily spend multiple days at a festival if they have other commitments.
0: And this is multiple channels, too. So there's two channels. So pretty cool stuff. Um, I dig this yeah um so go and enjoy folks it seems like a lot of summer festivals exist like um all over the world they spin up during the same three month period it's pretty cool okay let's keep on going The uh, next article's over at Hatch Ideas, and it's India's rice export ban to hurt millions globally. These countries will be the worst hit. Not to be doom and gloom, I'm gonna move through this really quick. Uh, Lee Ying Shan is the author of this over at CNBC. Um, and this is something that we've known about has been occurring uh, primarily because of uh, climate change and conflicts. Um, India actually stopped exporting its rice, banned the export of non-Basmati uh, white rice on July 20th. Um, there were there was another ban um, previously, if I recall correctly. Um, so the government is seeking to tame surging domestic food prices and ensure adequate. Uh, domestic availability at reasonable prices besides Asia many uh, African and uh, Middle East nations are also vulnerable to the export ban Um, but they were a huge exporter the country accounts for more than 40% of global rice trade Um, and this is inexpensive rice by the way Um, You can get rice from other places, but it's dramatically more expensive. So this is the stuff that entire countries can approach. Um, And uh, then it becomes a little bit more untenable for countries to buy um, large-scale, large-volume, more niche, smaller um, producers. So, um, quote, it imports a substantial portion of its rice supply, and India accounts for a relatively large share of its rice imports. Um, and this is um, talking about Malaysia in particular. So you can see that uh, conflict and global warming, and then <laughs> surging prices producer price index uh, around the world basically everybody's producer price index is going up uh Singapore is likely to be affected as well with the report showing that India makes up around 30 percent of the city-states rice imports um but they say it's food in general not just rice which is what I've been saying as well um I think that this is going to continue go ahead
1: I was just gonna say I think this just um shows again why the world is too reliant on single source um providers of various crops
0: yeah well and the way the business mechanic of this is that you do what is strategically um, prioritized if you aren't good at something um even as a country as a whole Um, which is weird because I think every country has the potential to create a self-sustaining environment. Otherwise, it wouldn't exist. But for whatever reason, a resource that might be um, capable of being produced greatly in great quantity in one country suddenly becomes the de facto export, you know um and then there's so much focus on that generating revenue for the country that it goes beyond what its internal needs are um and then people start buying it and it shifts the the internal balance of goods and services so if something else happens something external like i don't know conflict or climate change domestic war political um uh, influences that change the, the culture of things um, suddenly they have to do this whipsaw back in a different direction um, and this is what you end up with uh, now the prices are going through the roof it's really expensive to produce um, it's difficult either flooding or fire or something else is going on um, and now they've painted themselves into a corner and other countries that rely on it because they've said well they're strategically set up to produce this good they don't have the infrastructure to make up for whatever shortfall uh, comes their way and a good example of this is looking at germany where uh, russian import of natural gas um, and oil um had to be tapered off because of political influence and alignment um, with the West um, against Russia meant that there was going to be surging prices for natural gas heating everything associated with uh, natural gas and oil um, because they were no longer going to be purchasing from Russia which meant that they lost bargaining power Because they couldn't say to other people, lower your price because we'll buy from Russia. Now they say, well, you don't have Russia to buy from anymore. So we're going to jack our prices up and we have a smaller supply. So your prices are higher still. It's the same thing. They relied entirely on one source. Then it vaporized because of conflict. But they they did an admirable job of switching to... Uh, renewable energies um again i still think that they it, it's not a defensible situation but um not my not my job <laughs> i mean i'll talk about it but it's not my job to direct where germany goes so um india's withdrawal of non besmati white rice comes on the heels of last september's ban on shipments of broken rice there you go. that's what i was talking about earlier um that means up to 40 percent of india's uh, rice exports are now offline according to bmi forecasts and the article also talks about the cpi uh, consumer price index basket um everybody We uh, were speaking basket.
1: about that earlier <laughs> yep
0: yep um so um this is something that i think is going to continue to expand with global warming climate change and other economic issues and conflict Um, I think conflict has the potential of being amplified as these economic and environmental, um, issues grow. Um, and while some countries can have a soft landing from bouncing around economically, um, not all will, but the conflict can spread quite quickly, like Russia invading Ukraine. Um, so let's keep on going. Um, again, the link is in the um chat when I actually do it <clears throat> marijuana come on come on buddy you can do it um but that in mind let's go on to the next article sound good
1: that sounds good
0: yay did it do it nope I'll work on this problem uh, the next article is over in uh technology today that's the new uh, word in tech channel we've changed the name um to more appropriately match the identity of what the channel and the, and the show is going to be about um ai use in breast cancer screening is as good as two radiologists studies find and uh, there's uh, other articles in Omtown that reference the same topic but take it from a different angle like um using ai costs 50 less than uh, a radiologist Right, um it's
1: like a, a half dozen or six right that,
0: that's right um so the use of artificial intelligence in breast screening uh breast cancer screening not breast screening I mean never mind that's I was gonna make a smart snarky joke about anyway um it's say uh sorry let me start over <laughs> the use of artificial intelligence in breast cancer screening is safe and can almost have the workload of radiologists, according to the world's most comprehensive trial of its kind. Breast cancer is the most prevalent cancer globally, according to the World Health Organization, with more than 2.3 million women developing the disease every year. Right, um, that's
1: smaller than the number that have it or have had it.
0: So, yeah, uh, these are the the new entrants to um, the the issue so um, the article's over at the guardian and it's andrew gregory who's the health editor uh, who put the article together and um uh, this is the picture that they have on the screen right now is a mammogram um and a radiologist has to use these images in a high resolution monitor and if anything they're having a bad day you know the their vision isn't squeaky perfect um they may not see something and um coming from experience um uh, i had spotted the, the an issue i'll just put it that way um when the doctor had brought it up on the screen i had seen it and um the doctor asked me do you do you see what I see and I'm like yeah that right there yeah um and that's what it was so um this is a human being that's making the determination based on a black and white image on a monitor and I've always thought that that was odd but it was the best technology that the world had to offer at the time right short of using a computer um, then computers got came into vogue and they do an automatic scan and highlight certain things and then the doctor looks at the ones that are flagged um, more. And they've
1: also gone to 3D imaging, which is better, but it's still not perfect.
0: Right. Um, and now AI is doing this because AI can look at these again and again and again and learn and, and reassess if the the senior leadership of the enterprise that runs this software says, yeah, go ahead and use more compute resources to re-analyze, relearn. My only problem with this is if the AI has a bad day as well because its learning mechanisms don't necessarily add up to 100% accuracy. So a false positive or a false negative, is horrendous either way um but i will take this and the radiologist looking at it until we know that the outcome from ai scans are better than radiologists but radiologists are very 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 expensive um like for uh for a single position in a hospital they're probably the most expensive employee in in the hospital like single employee except for maybe the ceo or
1: anesthesiologists and um some other uh other specialties are also up there they're kind of all in the same range
0: Oh, okay um so i guess the (laughs) when you're number one you got a whole bunch of people that are really close to being number one. Got it. Okay. Um, but they're really, really, uh, expensive to the enterprise. I I can't imagine that they are happy about AI sliding in there and what is being described here. It's having either the workload and hence the pay
1: right but it's also interesting here they had the same false uh, this was a very small study mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the number of people but the false positive rate was the same in both and they detected more cancers than the humans did
0: well there you go and that I mean, speaks that for itself
1: like a no-brainer to me <laughs>
0: yeah as long as they don't only lean on i mean anything that says that it falls within a certain range and regardless i think a human should look at it anyways um but when the it should be calculated as a um, what do they call it a a a certain rate you know a confidential a a confidence level Um, and as it approaches uh, um, higher and higher levels then. It, it can be more of a cursory look by the uh, radiologist, but these lower rates, the chance of you know being 25% or something like that, then a human had better look at it on top of the AI. So it says that uh, this resulted in 41 more cancers being detected with the support of AI, of which 19 were invasive and 22 were in situ. Um, so quite intriguing. Um, this is the kind of tool that betters all of mankind, you know, and uh, I know that that word is actually gender specific, but it it's gender neutral in the,
1: there's no term people kind that I, or I guess there's humankind, (laughs) humankind.
0: Yeah. So uh, yeah, let me fix that lexicon there. Um, so this is the kind of tool that I want helping all of humankind, you know, um and there shouldn't be well let's be let's form a union and protect the salary of radiologists well you know now we know that the reason why it was so expensive for a radiologist is because it was they were trained to spot certain things but we know that there are tools you know we we don't we don't stop selling shovels because there's somebody that's really good with their hands. We give people tools to get better, more productive, more capable. That's what this AI is, at least in medicine and medicine is extremely expensive because it's bound by humans, um, and expensive research development and technologies. Um, this should lower the price, um, for, radiological scans and reviews so I hope so and it'll speed things up so <laughs> that's well one that's
1: true uh, you know that's part of the issue with a lot of medical is that it just takes so long to get results it takes yeah. long to get scheduled etc so maybe if there's heavier AI usage um that'll mean better results for the patients particularly where there are positive diagnoses
0: yeah and there's more and more people that more and more are getting sick with uh, various maladies um we need to get back that time and a human only has so many hours that they can work before they're burned out and when a, a human gets burned out somebody's gonna end up suffering on the other side of it let's keep on moving Um, So this next article is over in hometown daily. California could pay homeowners $40,000 to build a tiny home in their backyards. Quote, it's vital for increasing the housing supply in the state. One expert said Um, California set aside $50 million in the state budget for homeowners building backyard homes. The cash plays a vital uh, part in the state's ability to increase housing supply. One expert said the state is short 2 million homes. And many experts think ADUs, um, can ease the, um, uh, the, the issue, um, additional dwelling units, uh, tiny, um, or accessory dwelling units, um, not additional. Um, so let me just bounce right on over to business insider and Kelsey, uh, Neubauer is the author of this quite fascinating. A $40,000 tiny home built in somebody's backyard is basically a guest quarters. Um, And, you know, if I were to drag the AI um, to California, buy a plot of land, put a house on it, get paid 40 grand to put another house on it, they would probably disable that that budget line item, the moment that I buy property, because for whatever reason, uh, I've been around a while, I used to live in California. Um, never have I heard of the state saying, Hey, add $200,000 of value to your property by building a $40,000 tiny home on the back. Where you can lease it for four thousand dollars, particularly if you are in Carlsbad, California, which right, we know which is
1: the highest rent uh, in the country in
0: in California, yeah, in in the country. That's right, uh, because that article looked yesterday's article. I think it was right, or maybe the day before. So it
1: was in the top five, I think. But it yeah. was in
0: the top five, but I think it was like number three. Um, but still, Carlsbad, by the way, is a beautiful place. So great yeah, you can grab your diving gear that's
1: why the well. rent is so <laughs> high
0: <laughs> but this would pay for it itself in 10 months
1: well that's the thing i mean this seems like people would be jumping all over this but it's also interesting because california properties tend to be very small footprints yeah very small um yeah. so i don't know how this is going to work like this picture shows a a decent sized backyard, <laughs> it's but that's not a normal California backyard.
0: No. Um, in fact, but you some know,
1: don't even have yards really.
0: Yeah. Some of them are London balconies
1: <laughs> without an apartment. Without
0: an apartment. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is, it happens to be in Piedmont, California, the picture that you're looking at right now. And it looks, this is a, uh, this made my first place. Uh, <laughs> My place was a hole in the ground, basically, compared to this place. Although my first place, when it rained, the walls would sweat water. So, hey, I'd take this in a heartbeat, but I wasn't paying four grand a month. So the stage is short two million homes. How do you make up for that? Well, you apparently don't 3D print a whole bunch of tiny homes in a given area that state owned property, um, where you can set the price at an accessible price point. Um, and then provide services that help people move from tiny home living to, you know, buying an actual property somewhere else, all kinds of things, right? No, no, no. You incentivize people privatizing the public money by building a $40,000 unit in their backyard. And then they're going to be able to at some point lease it out for $4,000, $5,000 a month. It says it's a revival of a previous program though. That one had a $100 million budget and distributed funds through 2022, which aimed to increase, increase ADU construction amid a dire housing shortage in the state. So apparently that didn't really solve anything. Um, you can receive grants up to $40,000, which is probably in California, a third of the price that it would actually take to build out a, a tiny home on your property, pay for zoning and construction in a time when the cost of living is shooting through the roof and prices and the in,
1: materials. <laughs> yeah.
0: In California in particular is much higher than, you know, well, I was going to say Arkansas. you can't but
1: get insurance either.
0: I think Arkansas is one of the lowest ones. So yeah, it, oh yeah. And you can't get insurance because the insurance companies are backing out of California and Florida. Oh, and now they're even putting a cat (laughs) icing on the cake is you can't get ADU financing. Uh, Telling you. Okay,
1: wait a second. That statistic is kind of crazy. Nearly 20% of all homes built in California are ADUs. (laughs) Wow. That is astonishing. I would have thought it would be 1% if that.
0: Yeah. So 20% of the homes, that means that 20% of the homes that are in California have an ADU attached to it because you can't have, well, arguably, you can't have more than one ADU, right? it depends on how big your property is and if you're going to be turning it into a an apartment complex (laughs) (laughs) wow that's an interesting stat while adus have potential to bridge the racial wealth gap and add financial stability for lower and moderate income uh, homeowners to date compare uh comparatively affluent and in many regions wider homeowners have disproportionately built adus turner uh Turner Center researchers said in their report Um, yeah that's if that is what is actually done you know the the lower income moderate income homeowners with property have the ability to qualify for the the this up here the financing part of it um, get the permitting and attract somebody that's going to live there at a reasonable rate
1: right and have enough money to really initiate the process i mean so it's kind of perpetuating the housing disparity even though in some ways it's solving
0: it at the same time it's trying to yeah
1: right right
0: so yeah this is it's interesting um but it's taking private uh, it's taking public money and making it a private asset uh in the hopes that it's going to uh, benefit everybody in California by providing a home. Um, but it's still <laughs> public money to private ownership. It's basically shifting that wealth over. Um, and I'm not speaking against this, this, um, this enterprise, this, this effort. Um, what I would prefer though, is that If it's going to be public money, then it should be public property. Like there's property out there that's owned by the state houses should be built on that property. Um, and then that can be perpetually used again and again, people, um, look for another place to live in X amount of time. And if they can't do it, then they still stay in the, in the public housing. We've had public housing projects, um, in, many states pretty much every state i would think um but we continue to do it wrong because it it lacks it's supposed to be a mechanism for providing uh, opportunity and equity inclusion Um, but not everybody has a job for everybody and that's the big thing that providing a livable wage and a job education etc um, it's really tough out there. not everybody is has been tooled up to be um, a many function uh, employee, right like they're they do one thing and when they can no longer do that one thing, they have to be completely retooled for another position um anyway we'll we'll end up talking about this as time goes on uh, because this will continue just like the food issues and climate change and conflict um we try and stay out of the conflict side of things though anyway let's keep on going through the rest of these articles Um, this next article is over in technology today as well and let me oh you know what i didn't throw this last article into chat there you go folks sorry about that and this one here um is now in chat So WorldCoin suspended in Kenya as thousands queue for free money. If you don't know about WorldCoin, this is basically a cryptocurrency um, that is um, giving the equivalent of $40 to anybody that gets their eyes scanned by this big silver orb. Um, And it's it's taking mostly place it's in a bunch of countries but kenya is being just slammed by this free 40 dollars um equivalent and um, the article is over at bbc uh, anita uh Nkonge is the uh, author of this i think that's how they pronounce their last name um, they're from bbc news nairobi um, the Kenyan government has ordered cryptocurrency project WorldCoin to stop signing new users, citing data privacy concerns. Because what you have to do, oh, it's $50. 50 US dollars or 39 pounds, 40 pounds. Um, to get this cryptocurrency, folks, you had to get your eye scanned by that silver orb. Um, and people started lining up immediately um, because. 40 pounds or 50 uh us bucks is some serious change um when the cost of living is different um in uh, what kenya right yeah um yes. was looking at nairobi um anyway the statement from the communications uh, authority of kenya said that it had concerns about how the biometric data was stored offering money in exchange for the data Having so much data in the hands of a private company, this is all stuff that us in tech were talking about the moment that we heard what the mechanism,
1: uh,
0: uh, the exchange was for the data. Um, Do you
1: know if other countries have taken similar steps? This is the first I think I've seen to this effect.
0: I don't know of anybody else that has allowed it and then paused it. Other countries didn't allow it to begin with so mr altman is the this last paragraph here who founded OpenAI, which built chatbot chat gpt says he hopes the initiative will help confirm if someone is human or a robot he also says that this could lead to everyone being paid a universal basic income but it's not clear how this is populist bs um, there's there is no mechanism for universal basic income, um, that doesn't have a large cohort of people saying you are giving people free money while the rest of us are working our ass off. Um, and that is a very powerful contingent. It isn't just a small set of people. Um, so, uh, I, my problem, um, with uh ubi and and this would have nothing to do with ubi you know proving that someone is a human or a robot doesn't take scanning my eyeball why because i'm a freaking human being you can't tell that i'm i you know if i'm sitting here talking to you on zoom or uh, over the over twitch you have no idea if I do it right, you would have no idea that I'm a recording or, uh, a, a synthetic human being. Um, why? Because you can't scan my eyeball over the internet. So the only way that you can prove that I'm an actual human being is in person. Um, which by the way, You don't need to scan my eyeball with a big silver orb and give me 50 bucks for you to know that I'm a human being. I mean, this is. Doesn't
1: that make you just think they really just want the biometric data? That's
0: exactly what they want.
1: Which is really scary.
0: It's a massive amount of personally identifiable information. It verifies who you are. What might be interesting though, is that they're scanning so many people. They may find out that the deviation of the blood vessels in your eye isn't so unique like a fingerprint um and and thus it doesn't become. it's no longer a viable biometric um security although I think the decimal point is like way far off um the chances you finding somebody else that has the same iris uh, biometric data is probably zero but anyway My point is they're getting biometric data for 50 bucks per person. It's all being stored by a single human being and it does nothing to prove that a person is a robot or not. Why? Because nobody's that irrational unless now, okay. Prepare yourselves, folks, two things we're not verifying that we're humans. Okay. We're not verifying that we're robots. We are verifying that we're not alien and we're in a simulation. (laughs) I love doing that. (laughs) So we may have just like the MCU a an invasion And there's aliens out there and the only way to tell them different from us is their biometric eyeball data
1: i'm not sure that's really the point of world coin
0: hey it's our world coin it doesn't say alien coin it doesn't say universe coin it's world coin they're trying to protect our world sam altman is uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to say Captain America, but, you know, maybe Iron Man. Iron Ball Man. Wait, scratch that. Um, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, I, I'm just going to move on. Hey, guess what that next article is?
1: Uh, I forgot what was up next.
0: So the next article is, uh, over in Mobile. And, um... Let me throw that article in chat real quick. Uh, news outlets duped by eco Barbie hoax. Um, the hoax had been orchestrated by a group called BarbieLiberation.org, which is on its website uh, claimed Mattel had announced, quote, that they were producing a new line of biodegradable Barbie dolls made from mushrooms called Mycelia. <laughs> Featuring five new Barbies. Uh, representing iconic activist role models julia butterfly hill greta thunberg uh, namante nanquimo phoebe Plummer, and uh daryl hannah so dominic mastra mastringello i guess um uh, over at the hill wrote this article okay i love stuff like this so in a statement to The Hill on Wednesday, the company called the announcement a hoax and said it has nothing to do with Mattel or any other of its products. Um, Mattel also provided a link to accurate information regarding Mattel's sustainable product packaging and goals. Uh, so is that protected by satire? Right? It's like a free speech thing um, because it's so outlandish.
1: I mean, I get, uh No, I don't think that would well satire really um and also it kind of depends on how it's presented but
0: an editor's note which now replaces the uh, washington times story on the matter said that the article about the new barbie dolls was based on an elaborate media hoax involving spoofed email addresses a faked press release doctored images fictitious quotations in a youtube video that appears to show actress daryl anna announcing the new product line wow that's amazing they did a deep dive so this could probably be uh framed as fraud
1: well right that's what it looks like
0: but come on at
1: least as is described
0: Nobody is going to believe that Mattel has launched a Barbie liberation line of products. Uh,
1: Are you sure about that? Because various news outlets fell for it. (laughs) Well,
0: that's what I'm saying.
1: Uh, Washington Times, uh, People, (laughs) there were some others, I guess. They put stories together about it.
0: Why in the world would anybody think that barbieliberation.org would be the way that mattel i mean that's like revolutionist type of
1: right i mean there's no way a toy manufacturer in the u.s is going to come out with a line like that
0: yeah before this article would have ever hit print if i was the editor is if i would have gotten like the ceo of mattel on the phone to verify that they've reached that deep into this whatever, uh, fantastical timeline we've ended up with, on since the Cubs one, um, Barbie liberation.org as being the vehicle for marketing a new set of iconic activist role models. Uh, yeah, whoever put this together, like dwelled real deep in the well and, and provided for me, just too much um they if they would have pulled it back a little bit then maybe it would have been hoax fraud but this is satire um i can't believe anybody fell for this but there you go eco warrior barbie yeah Uh, see i can buy into the idea of eco warrior barbie i couldn't buy into it under that that name BarbieLiberation.org. all right folks <laughs> <laughs> like barbenheimer uh, for crying out loud i i thought that it was and uh, eh, i won't i won't make a judgment call about barbenheimer people enjoyed that right up until you talk to anybody in japan they they
1: well yeah that was the discussion there it was in hometown
0: yeah it was a completely different perspective well let's keep on going oh bummer um okay well anyway um, the next article is over in the mobile channel five-year-old girl is youngest ever climber to complete the three peaks challenge in two days the only reason why i even uh, included this link is two reasons uh one i think it's amazing that a five-year-old girl did this climb uh the, i should say the three peaks uh challenge um and secondly i was proud that i got out of bed this morning um
1: <laughs> exactly i mean if she's already done this at age five how much is she going to show up everybody <laughs> for the rest of her existence <laughs> yeah
0: um this is from uh, telegraph.co.uk um and it's from the byline is telegraph reporters so Saren price nominated for award after raising 7,300 pounds for charity by completing the three peaks challenge i don't know how they could have the five-year-old girl who became the youngest person to ever complete the national three peaks challenge in under 48 hours has been nominated for an award after raising thousands of pounds for charity um, traveled more than 500 miles to climb the UK's highest mountains with her father Glenn. Um, together the father and daughter team conquered the summits of uh, Snowden in North Wales, Ben Nevis in Scotland and scaffold Pike in northern England in little under two days. I, I just I don't understand how. I don't understand how
1: not only did she do that, but she helped with a rescue of somebody else. (laughs) Of another woman. Right? Yeah. An adult.
0: God, see, I've helped adults out as an adult. I probably would have turned to dad if I was their age and saw an adult struggling with something, but you know, rise to the challenge um yeah they are going to be a juggernaut as long as they you know keep it all in check and and don't (laughs) don't become too self-aware of just how strong of a person they are you know you can lean the far way uh but good on her i mean i think it's amazing what a what a start to their life right um Saren loves an excuse to get dressed up and wear a pretty dress, makeup, and accessories. It would be lovely for the whole family to celebrate a wonderful achievement. <laughs> right back to being, you know, little kid.
1: Little kid, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Pretty amazing. Wow. And again, Mayor Watt got out of bed. <laughs> Don't know what else to say. Let's keep going. Last article for tonight is... a. Uh, In the mobile channel, water purifying cup makes drinkable water from creeks and streams. A rash of storms in Texas in recent years from Hurricane Harvey in 2017 to deep freeze in 2021 has put big chunks of the population in danger and left millions without electricity or water for long periods of time. So uh, University of Texas at Austin um, apparently have developed something So we are able to clean water using a very using very little energy because we steer the bacterial cells with electric fields and most bacterial cells are natural swimmers who propelled themselves to electrodes and got captured alive, said Dr. Emma Fan, an associate professor in the Cockrell School of Engineering's Walker Department of Medical, uh, sorry, Mechanical Engineering. That's a mouthful okay that's the whole title you know the name tag usually uh, um, professors have like a a badge that has their name and then where they're working theirs is like that big it's like a big old nameplate like nfl they just hang it on the back of their shirts um (laughs) anyway uh it says d emma fan i don't know if that's supposed to be dr uh emma fan um led the research uh, recently published in ACS nano they've got a whole YouTube video uh, titled disinfecting Creek water with a 3D printing printed mug Um, seems pretty neat I'm gonna just give you the link and you can go over through hometown over to um, the article and thus to the YouTube video um, at your leisure uh, but it says the electrode is made of graphite foam compatible and durable in electric fields, and can continuously work for many hours in addition to its efficiency. The device is inexpensive. It costs less than two dollars to create the foam encased electrode so naturally, it's going to be a one hundred dollar mug um well, right
1: but if it's if it's saving your life, it might be worth it
0: he's you know there's another thing that's kind of like this that doesn't use electrodes or anything um life straw i don't know um how that plays into it
1: filtration i think
0: right yeah that's pure filtration um but it's supposed to be you know life-changing it's a survival straw stick it in anything and you'll get water on the other side of it clear water So it says um it also is simple to use first dip the electrode filled cup into the water next give it an electrical jolt wait and let the electrodes fish out bacteria is this is this a mug that at the end of the day you've got a bad bat
1: yeah i was kind of wondering what happens after you use this
0: because it doesn't kill the bacteria it said it saves it live right
1: it might sequester it or something but how do you then disinfect it after that point how do
0: you get rid of it yeah i guess you don't charge it and you wash it out so you're you're throwing all of the bad bats back into the water somewhere right
1: Uh, maybe
0: so the researchers are now looking into ways to commercialize it and next want to uh, streamline the design of the cup the one used to clean water from waller creek is a 3d printed prototype the team wants to further simplify the process of inserting and removing the electrodes. So there's going to be something that you're going to have to uh, renew. This is kind of like the perfect business model mechanism. You know, you have some consumable, right.
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. You keep coming back for more.
0: Yeah. That's how you become a billionaire though. Like, um, paper products, like tissue paper right um uh, and uh, napkins and stuff like that generally it's owned by one company the the main producer which is i think is georgia pacific um
1: yes i was thinking kimberly clark but they might be <laughs> one in the same
0: yeah and they're owned by the coke brothers i think georgia pacific is owned by the coke brothers um that's how you become a billionaire because you it's consumed you know it's not like you're sitting there drying out your napkins each day um so it's consumed you spend more money this has little electrodes they have to degrade over time um to make them cost effective you know they're they're not gonna run forever anyway um, on several different current methods for simple commercial water filtration Uh, each has a significant flaw disinfecting pills can release oxidants that can be harmful if ingested reverse osmosis systems require high water pressure and solar steaming um, needs consistent sunlight which is unreliable amid natural disasters um i suppose so (laughs) um anyway if it's low-cost, has a low-cost uh, consumable, then and it saves lives, then all the more power to them. Um, so, pretty cool. If that's what it looks like, though, that does kind of look like what it... I mean, they say that it looks like a mug.
1: Right. It sounds... Or it looks like they kind of described in the article.
0: Yeah. I don't want to print. I don't want to run it. Um. So, um, anyway, uh, go and check it out. Oh, it is. There it is right there. Sorry. That hadn't loaded i don't think um anyway the picture is of a 3d printed mug with a whole bunch of uh what looks like metal fins inside it and uh, two contacts um uh, a ground wire and an ac line so you just plug it in and it, it's interesting that it says ac um <coughs> so it basically charges all of that water up um, and sequesters these, the bacteria. I didn't think it would be that easy though. You know, you just light it up and sit for a little bit, wait for it to get sequestered. But where does it all end up? I'm really curious about that part. Now I want to know more. So down the well we go. All right, folks, but that's it for tonight. Um, we always bring you back to the very first uh, page of Omtown and basically the welcome sign the main street of Omtown, and uh, we do a cursory look to see if there's anything that we are interested in talking about tomorrow we already have some articles already selected but if you find one you can send me an email mayor at or send a message in uh, twitch or over on youtube or well you, there's discord too um So you can go, there's a link here on Twitch uh, to the discord. I should put that in the show notes. I don't really do that. Um, But anyway, I'm there all the time. Um, So get in touch however you want. I'm still working on the process so that you can submit articles directly on ometown.com that you find outside of Ometown and um, as well as sources. So if you find some resource that you would like added to Ometown, um, a particular show resource um you just let us know find so anything there
1: is an interesting one yeah the city staffer put on leave after water crisis partially caused by human error
0: okay. oh yeah that'll be interesting to read about
1: also a tire <laughs> popping on plane landing that's never a good thing
0: those are really rare um because the um Airline tires, as far as I know, are still natural rubber, which is much more um, robust than um, synthetic rubber tires. I think the um, airplane tires are still natural rubber. Um, Let's see, hand habits, what is that? It's weird. Oh, it's a debut album. No idea. Oh no partial evacuation of the nbc in niger
1: yeah they just had a uh i guess a coup there
0: right yeah they're trying to not call it a coup if you're familiar with it that was
1: not the right term but yeah
0: (laughs) yeah yeah oh it even says right here don't call it a coup oh (laughs) that's funny funny um but they've been saying this for like three days um maybe a week now how about this ozempic and manjaro um, are causing a stomach paralysis. that's kind of scary um but hey <laughs> you might want to risk it to lose weight um if you're in that camp you know I don't know if it even returns you know temporary stomach paralysis
1: right I mean if that's permanent I'm not sure that's worth it.
0: yeah not even close. <laughs> did the ai really just say i'm not really sure it's worth it
1: <laughs> <laughs> i was being a little sarcastic there but
0: <laughs> anything to stop you me eating a, a cheeseburger
1: strongly well i mean i spoke too strongly about the cigarettes earlier so i was trying to scale it back a little there you
0: bit go. everything <laughs> in balance woo <laughs> woosah Woosa. tiktok stars clean up Um, This one I uh, heard was happening. um, Influencers saving Indonesia's polluted rivers and beaches. They're actually recording their cleanup efforts and and doing it on TikTok. So that's always using
1: social media for good.
0: Yep. Um, What you think pretending to be an NPC isn't doing social good? Come on. never mind. Um, I'm
1: not even going to comment on that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, folks. Um well, that's it for tonight. Appreciate y'all hanging out and um let's see if I can find um where we can send you before I end up saying a, a bye-bye. Um let's I'm going to send y'all over to um I'm going to send you to bald zebra. I think that that would be great. Um, but in the meantime, I'm going to say good night to everybody and start the raid. So I am Mara that is Omtown.com, And up there is the AI want to say bye.
1: Good night citizens. By the way, you looked a bit like an air traffic controller there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's how I roll. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.